well, hey, this is Eric. I'm one of the ministers at Regency. I just wanted to thank you for checking out this message. We're praying that God uses this message to draw your heart closer to Him. If you're ever in the Mobile area, we want to invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you'd like to find out more information about Regency or to check out some other resources, visit our website at regencycc.org. lesson this morning as we continue our series through the book of Ephesians. We're actually going to skip a few chapters that we'll come back to later. We're going to look at a couple verses from Ephesians chapter 5. Can't help but uh, as I think about some of these seniors that are graduating, recognizing and realizing that I have now been here long enough to see students enter the youth group and then go throughout the whole youth group and graduate and leave. And so it makes me think back to coming to Regency for the first time. I remember the interview weekend, and so Crystal and I, and we had Ethan, who was very little at the time, we, we drove to Mobile, and uh, I remember they, they told me all the things that would be involved with it, that I was going to go speak in chapel at the school, that there was going to be a, a devotional that I would give on Saturday night, um, I was going to have lunch with Alan and Donna, and they were very intimidating, I'm just kidding, uh, we, had, we had lunch together, and uh, there was a, a few other things we were supposed to do, meet with the elders, but one of the things that they said that I was going to do made my stomach hurt. It, it was like, oh my goodness, I don't know how I'm going to do with this. They said, hey, listen, a few days before, they were like, there is going to be this skeet shoot that we want you to come, and we're going to do this skeet shoot together. And I'll be honest, like, I have no experience with that at all. I don't know if I had shot a shotgun before. I think we used a shotgun. And so that was the thing I was most stressed about. And I remember we we got together, it was the guys on the search committee who are here as well this morning, and we we go to the skeet shoot, and I remember being handed the weapon, and they handed me a, a shotgun shell, a bullet, I don't know how I should phrase this, and I go to put it in, and I'm very nervous, and I start to put it in backwards, and David Palman's like, hey, you're putting that in backwards, and I was so embarrassed, but I saved myself, I was like, oh yeah, I know, I was just kidding, and I flipped it around the other way, and then I put it in, and I got ready to shoot, and I, I think I said pull, or whatever you're supposed to say, and it shoots out, and I, I pulled the trigger, and I shot it. I hit it. And I remember David Palmer being like, that's the way you do an interview. I felt really good about myself, and then I missed like 90 straight after that. <laughs> and so we went throughout the whole process of the interview and or of that kind of hanging out. And it was fun getting to know these guys together. And I think there was a couple uh, students that were with us as well. By the end of the, the day, we had this lunch together. And I think I'm remembering this right. I'm sure I'm not embellishing this at all. But we're at this lunch together, and I'm talking to someone, and there's this MC who's announcing some different prizes and things, and I hear him say the, the number 12, which was my score out of 100, was 12, and I, somebody elbows me or something, and so I stand up, and I feel everybody's eyes looking at me, and the guy in the microphone says, we're looking for ages, not scores, and so I kind of added myself on what my score was, and I slowly sat down embarrassed, but that moment, that interview weekend, it's kind of the beginning of, of this chapter in our lives here at Regency. And when I think about life and when I think about uh, this journey that we're on and this, this walk that we have throughout life, I kind of like to view it in chapters, right? And, and maybe those chapters start and end at certain big moments in life. Maybe it's moving to a new town and starting a job. Maybe it's getting married. 
Maybe it's uh, leaving a place. Um, sometimes those chapters start when we finish something, like high school, and we begin something new. And so for these students that are graduating this month, they are ending one chapter and they are beginning another. And for the families as well, for parents, this is kind of the end of one chapter and, and the beginning of, of a next chapter. And so we're excited for these families and this journey that they're going to continue. And this idea of, of a journey and a walk through life is what I want us to think about for just a few minutes together this morning. In Ephesians, in the middle of chapter 4 and chapter 5, Paul is calling the original audience, and he's calling us to live out this new culture of Jesus. And so now that we're a part of his family, now that we're a part of his kingdom, there are some things that used to be a part of the previous way that we did life. And we've got to set those things aside. And we therefore need to have a new approach to life. We need to have a new way of living. And so Paul gives specific examples of the kinds of things that we need to set aside and the kinds of things that we need to put on as we start this chapter of our life of being a follower of Jesus, as we start this walk. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, Paul says this. He says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Another translation says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love. This idea of, of imitating God, that's part of our journey. We, as followers of Jesus, we are trying to live in such a way that we are imitating God. Now, how do we do that? How do we live like God? Well, the way that we can know how to do that is God sent himself to earth. He sent Jesus to earth, and we can look at how Jesus lived. And when we live like Christ lived, we are now being an imitator of God. We're following God's example as dearly loved children. In this verse, it talks about walking in the way of love. Now, this way of translating it is kind of interesting. So when it comes to walking, walking would have been a part of the ancient world's everyday life. It's how they, they got everywhere. They would walk everywhere. For us, we, we walk some, maybe for exercise, maybe to get around certain places, but we don't walk long distances. And to the ancient world, walking is their journey through life. It's how they moved in life. And so for us to understand what's being said here is we are to walk, we are to live out this new way of living in Christ Jesus. Years ago, I heard this graduation speech. And in the graduation speech, uh, it was an older man who had graduated 42 years earlier. And in his speech, he talks about some regrets that he has. In fact, he talks about his biggest regret. And he says his biggest regret was not, uh, was not embarrassing moments while he was in school. It wasn't lost games. It wasn't bad jobs that he had or bad grades that he made. But he tells the story of another student that was at school. And this student was a little different, and sometimes we get made fun of. And the guy doing the speech said, I never made fun of him. I was never mean to him. But I didn't go out of my way to be kind to this person. And then one day, all of a sudden, this student was no longer at the school. And he says, after 42 years, as I look back at my time in high school, he says, this is my biggest regret. His biggest regret is a failure of kindness, a failure to live in a way that he knew that he should live. And I think for many of us, when it comes to being an imitator of God, oftentimes when we think about what that looks like, hopefully it doesn't involve failures of kindness. That if we're living the way that God wants us to live, that we are looking for opportunities to show otherworldly kindness and love to those around us. Later on in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 and 16, Paul encourages us this way. He says, very, be very careful then how you live, 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. To be careful how you live, careful how you walk. And so this idea of of being careful, it's kind of a a weak translation. It probably should say something like, um, pay attention to, watch, keep an eye on your life, be aware, be mindful of it. Don't just kind of drift through life. Don't just kind of coast through your life. You don't drift into discipleship with Jesus. You don't coast into Christ-likeness. It's going to take some intentional effort. It's going to take some awareness. So it requires us to pay attention to how you go about your life. And not as unwise, but as wise. And so make sure you organize and arrange your life so you can go about your life with wisdom. And he gives an example of what this looks like in verse 16. He says, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Literally, what this means is redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. And it doesn't mean being good at time management. It's more than that. It's buying up the time for God's purposes. It's liberating the time from the evil days. Our job as God's people is to set the time free from evil by doing good or being wise. Before early service, I was in the lobby and I saw Gloria Breckenridge. And so we were just kind of talking for a minute and I asked her how things were going. And she was saying, you know, I'm doing okay. But she had this statement that I had to write down after she said it. And I asked her if I could share it. And she said that I could. She said, you know, today is one more day to work for the Lord. It's one more day to work for the Lord. And I love that mindset. To me, that's a mindset of of recognizing and realizing that every day is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's one more day to work for the Lord. And so as we think about this journey that we're on, this walk that we're on of living, uh, living for Christ, and as we think about these seniors that are graduating, I wanted to give a few words of advice in how to live a life that matters. And so three things as we close together. First is this, live life with passion. Live life with passion. I think college is a great time to discover what it is that you're passionate about, what it is that motivates you and and moves you, what you feel called towards. Although for some people, maybe it takes a little bit longer than that to recognize what it is. Think about the story of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah Nehemiah is in captivity, and he hears about what's happening uh, in Jerusalem. He hears about what's happening at home. And it moves him that that the wall is broken and hasn't been rebuilt. He's so moved by what he hears that it brings him to tears. And he's so motivated by what he hears, he goes and he takes this great risk to ask to lead an effort to go back to Jerusalem to build the wall again. And so he discovers what his passion is, and that passion calls him to action. For us, we need to discover what our passion is in life and then use it to glorify God. Second thing is this, live life with humility. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul writes that even though Jesus was God's very son, Jesus made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, and he humbles himself even unto death on a cross. If this kind of humility was good for Jesus, it should be good for us too. And so the challenge for us is to put others' interests before our own, to be a servant, to do for others what no one else will, to take up for the weak and the outcast. In a world whose mantra is me first, we can never underestimate the impact that our humility can have on the world around us. So it's not without reason that Jesus said the first will be last and the last shall be first. And so recognizing this early on, the importance of putting others above ourselves is an important part of living a life that matters. And then the last thing is to live life with purpose. 
there's a very profound spiritual truth that I think is important for graduating seniors, but also important for all of us, and it's this. If we are a follower of Christ, our life does not belong to us. If we're a follower of Christ, our life does not belong to us. There has been a great exchange made. Christ gave his life for ours. And if we've accepted his sacrifice on our behalf, then our life no longer belongs to ourselves. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that we were bought at a price. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We can't walk around living the life of a dead person. Our old life, with all our selfish desires and trivial concerns, is gone. It's dead. Our new life is a life of meaning, a life of grace, and a life of purpose. So we need to live a life that matters. And we need to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way to make wise decisions when it comes to following Christ Jesus. This morning, maybe you're here and want to present to you an opportunity. And this opportunity is to receive the prayers and encouragement of the body of believers here at Regency. So we want to give you an opportunity to respond to this invitation so that we can pray on your behalf. Or maybe you're here and you want to give your life to Christ. You want to start that walk, begin that journey of becoming an imitator of God by living like Christ. And so we want to give you that opportunity this morning. If there's any way that we can pray for you or any need that you might have, won't you come now as together we stand and sing.